Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf and Gavin Shaw here, and we have an awesome guest for you guys today. One of our favorites. We brought him back. We have Mark Berman of the New York Post. It's always so much fun talking to Mark. He always gives us so much great insight. And today, we're, of course, talking about the playoffs. And Gavin, I think, especially right in the beginning there, we kind of talked to Mark about his report on Alfred Payton, and I think there was some really great intel in there. Yeah, it was it was satisfying to hear from Mark because I feel like sometimes those of us on, on the non-credentialed media list feel like we're in a little bit of a bubble with, with how we talk about Alfred Payton relative to the people who cover the team. So it was nice to get some some affirmation that we're not totally crazy in what we're seeing and thinking on his potential role coming into the postseason. And then we get into a whole bunch of other stuff with Mark, including expectations for the playoffs a potential deal for a big star this offseason, and what it was like covering the best season in recent Knicks history and just the sheer catharsis. You, you, you can hear it from Mark, from a guy who's been doing this for over two decades. But we'll get into all that and more right now on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. Here he comes right now. Starks with a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Up, up left. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. And he's fouled. Anthony for three. Welcome in to Locked on Knicks. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join Gavin and I this week on Thursday at 5.30 p.m. So that's tomorrow for those of you keeping track at home to get in on the action. Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. This is Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Knicks site The Strickland. Joined as always by Gavin Shaw, play-by-play man-by-day podcaster by night and We have a very special guest for you guys today, returning to the show, giving us some updates on the team going into the postseason here. We have Mark Berman of the New York Post. Mark, it's always a pleasure. How are you doing? How's everything treating you going into this first postseason weekend in eight years? Oh, it's terrific. Thanks, uh, Alex and Gavin, for having me on again. Uh, It's it's a great week. Uh, It's like Super Bowl week. And I haven't had this in a long time. In the last seven seasons, been doing trash bag day, as it's called, where the players uh, pack their bags for the off season and trying to figure out what their off season plans uh, would be, and looking forward to the lottery. So um, yeah, it's great to be pumping up uh, this weekend uh, when they open up against Atlanta. Yeah, lots of trash bag days following lots of trash bag seasons in recent years, for sure. Um, so, Mark, we wanted to lead off. Uh, you had a a report that you put out the other day that was, I mean, it was like partly just saying, you know, the time is now to remove Alfred Payton as the starting point guard. I think uh, certainly we agree and have agreed for months, but it, it has reached a new, uh, a new fever pitch or, or a new low, depending on how you want to talk about it. Um, but you also kind of noted in there that, that you were under the impression that you think that 
his time might be numbered here going into the playoffs. Um, do you think that that there is a change incoming just based off what you're hearing? Uh, do you think that this is something that might take a playoff game, uh, you know, to, to kind of set in, you know, where Tibbs would finally say, all right, fine, this is it. You know, I'm, I'm sitting him. This is the last straw. We can't have him costing us playoff games. Uh, or do you think, I, and I guess the other part to that is like, why do you think it's taken this long given, I mean, there's been tons of footage put out there by, by people of, you know, just kind of showing how low effort he's been recently and, and everything else. And it seems like anybody else on the team would get pulled and, and glued to the bench for that. But it, it he still remains going out there for his 14 minutes or whatever, every game. It, it's a little perplexing. Well, it's reduced to 14 minutes. It used to be higher. Uh, yeah, it reached a new level of ineptitude. I thought it was overstated. Uh, going into the All-Star break, I gave, him, I gave him a good grade, a decent grade on my report card. I didn't understand what the furor was. But I think as Rose continued to emerge and his minutes became reduced, I, I think he started to lose some of his confidence, knowing that he'd come in for eight minutes or seven minutes or nine minutes then never come back in the in the first half, and in the second half, you know, same thing. So I think he started to lose confidence, and now it's just a new level of ineptitude, as I said. He hit rock bottom against Boston. I mean, he didn't do one thing right on the offensive end. It was scary bad. He was scoreless, but his two drives to the basket were blocked at the rim. Uh, he had a hideous turnover. His body language was terrible. Um, I think he missed, I remember he missed a, a little floater in the lane, and I could see as he jogged back, instead of hustling back, he was jogging back looking at the floor, like just depressed. I mean, he and he just doesn't seem animated during huddles. And then there was this footage of him in the corner after he passed the ball up, and then he walked into the corner and looked like totally like he didn't want the ball back. So uh, so now Thibodeau's got to decide, listen, we're 10 games over 500 from the regular season. Do I make this jarring change now? Rose has been good with the second group. Uh, I think you might be right. It might take them down 1-0 even if Payton has a lousy game in game one. Uh, but a lot will depend on practice. I think he's going to look at practice and see – does Payton have this energy? I think some of the, the coaching staff's got to talk to him. They ought to look at that film and say, Alfred, what is going on? You're afraid to, he's afraid to t- attack the basket. Sometimes he just handed the ball off to Julius after he dribbled to the front court. We haven't spoken to the Knicks since Sunday. I wasn't able to ask Thibodeau about Payton after Sunday's game. I didn't get a second question in because it's Zoom and they have to call on you. And I didn't get called on, and that was going to be my second question. Uh, we're going to speak to Thibodeau. The Knicks didn't have availability Monday and Tuesday, and we'll find out how he dances around it. He's always supported Alfred as a great defender, and that's why he wants him in the starting lineup. Uh, but we'll see against Trey Young what they do. Mark, you mentioned in your article Frank Nilakina as a potential replacement for some of those minutes. And that's always been part of my confusion with the loyalty to Alfred Payton because it seems like Tibbs has a certain comfort zone with him as a guy who you can't really switch 
into a mismatch because of his size and physicality and the fact that the Knicks have that one through four or, or even one through five in some lineups seems like it's really appealing to Tibbs. And, and, and the way it was explained to me in the past was that he's always going to prioritize defensive solidity and, and safety over spacing on offense to some extent. And that's why Peyton has had such a long leash this season and on offense, obviously, because he's, he's very good and has been very good at getting to the rim for most of the year. But but once those rim attempts disappear and you look at someone like Frank Nilekina, who maybe Tibbs disagrees, I, I would argue is objectively a much better defender than Alfred Payton. Do you see him, I, again, someone you, you noted in the piece, as a potential replacement based on stuff you're hearing? Or do you just think logically, if Payton were to go out, Frank would be a guy who gets some of those minutes, given that the greatest objective for the Knicks in this series is to bother Trey Young? Yeah, it's a great uh, solution, I think, because uh, to start, so, so you don't want to start Rose in theory because you want to continue his rhythm off the bench. He's been so good with the second unit, and then he stays on with the first unit, and it's a great change of pace look. So you put Frank as the starter to do the 16, 14 minutes a game. And, you know, he gives you that defensive presence. I mean, I guess you can make an argument that Frank has a reputation as a better defender because he's got a bigger wingspan, and he's known as a defender, but, you know, Alfred's a pretty good defender. I mean, I, I think Frank is probably slightly better, and you're right on switches. He's probably more versatile. Um, and he has had success in the past on Trey Young, Frank. So it's a great solution. Now, Frank does not get the ball to the basket. He's not a great penetrator, cannot do that like Alfred can. But right now, Alfred is so lost, his mind is so out of it, that he's not doing it either. And Frank is a better three-point shooter. Not a great three-point shooter, but, you know, he could make the three-pointer. And so you have that as uh, some, uh, something in his favor. So I think it makes sense. Now, the big thing is... Do you want to rock the boat? I think Frank's more popular in that locker room than Alfred. So if he makes the move, it would be dramatic. But it might be, listen, this is the playoffs now. You can't waste 14 lousy minutes on Alfred anymore. Maybe he gives him one more shot in game one and says, this is it. You know, you better, you know, attack the basket and, and play with fire or we're going to go a different direction. Yeah, and it's been so interesting to see this all play out too because Tibbs when asked, you know, I was I was saying to you right before we started recording it, you know, you guys on the beat have been holding Tibbs accountable as far as this is concerned. I mean, particularly over the last couple of weeks, it, there's a question almost every single almost after almost every single game from whether it's from you or from uh Stefan Bondi or Ian Bagley, you know, or or whoever else like saying, "Hey, what's the deal with Alfred? You know, you're giving him these these token few minutes and you know some of you have even noted like he's been struggling really badly like what's the plan here are you going to start Derek Rose are you going to do something different because it, it seems like seems like the writing's on the wall and yet he keeps being the the starter out there so it's uh, you know it'll, it'll be interesting to see how he handles that because if this was all for optics or something to keep Alfred starting as say an agent favor or something like that or something coming from the top I can't imagine it's less embarrassing to uh, ultimately, then you know, bench him in the playoffs. It just doesn't really track to me. So it's... yeah, well, when you're scoreless two or three games, and I don't think he scored more than two points in the last four games, 
and the body language. I mean, it, it, it's, it would be time. You made a good point with the agent. I mean, it is CAA, Creative Artist Agency, and Leon's close uh, friend, Aaron Mintz, is, has been Alfred's agent. But I, I don't think at this point Tom Thibodeau cares about Aaron Mintz. I think if he thinks that it's going to not hurt the team's chemistry and not hurt morale, he's going to make the move. And as I said, I think Frank has more friends in the locker room than Alfred. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, Alex, other fans, athletes, and insiders. I'd say we're insiders sometimes in real time about your favorite team or sport. We'll be hosting a room for Locked On Knicks once a week, so you, yes you, can finally join on the conversation you listen to on here every single day. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You will have a chance to chat with Alex and I, and not even going to include the mic this time. Pending any technical issues, you will be featured on an episode of Locked On Knicks through our locker room conversations. We've been doing it every week, and you've heard the people on the episodes every single week. So be sure to join Alex and I this Thursday at 5.30. That's tomorrow, in, in case you missed it. We'll be hosting a room. Go download the free locker room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Gavin Shaw. Alex at Alex Wolf to be notified when our room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live again with Alex this week, Thursday, 5.30, tomorrow. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Knicks and their chances against the Hawks. See you there. Locker room, changing the way we talk sports. Mark, what do, what do you see as the expectations internally for this series? Because we, we've talked about it a lot, and it feels o- almost for both teams that this series is, is found money, the most favorable matchup possible, and two teams that had expectations far below this coming into the regular season. But for the Knicks in particular, I mean, is, is there a way this can really go wrong? Are they saying, you know what, we expect to win this series? You wrote this really good piece um, citing a number of scouts saying, look, honestly, like at the end of the day, Atlanta's the more talented team. One of the Knicks' great advantages throughout the regular season is that they're willing to play guys like Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, Reggie Bullock, 45 46 minutes, they don't take possessions off, and that's an advantage that at the very least is mitigated by postseason play where every team is following a similar philosophy on that front. But what do you think is the internal expectation for this series, and is there anything that would constitute a disappointment? Well, that's the danger of wondering if – listen, you cannot avoid the fact that Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett, their two best players – are one, two, in minutes played in the entire NBA. So Tom Thibodeau is known the regular season is huge for him. He wants to attack every game like it's the Super Bowl. Julius Randle has talked about it. I wrote about it. Jeff Van Gundy pointed it out. He said, listen, Tom Thibodeau approaches the regular season different than other coaches in this load management era. So many games the Knicks faced other teams that didn't have their top player or, you know, maybe they had a slight injury. But we remember the 
game in Milwaukee where Milwaukee benched their four starters and the Knicks won the game. So when you have Randall missing one game and RJ missing zero games, your two best players, your record is going to maybe be a little inflated when you get to the playoffs. Listen, Atlanta had a terrible, terrible start also, and they've been a different ball club with Nate McMillan. I mean, coaching is really showing – it, 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 you know, they say the NBA is a player's league, but with Atlanta and the Knicks, it is showing how important coaching is. The Hawks were such a disappointment before they fired Lloyd Pierce and hired and promoted McMillan. They've been a great team since. The Knicks have only faced McMillan one time, and that was when they were up eight points, and Trey Young went down with a sprained ankle, left the game late in the third quarter, and the Knicks rallied, and rallied to win it in overtime, no less. So, yeah, I'm concerned. Listen, I haven't put it in the paper yet, my prediction, but I'm picking Atlanta. I mean, they have a lot of three-point shooters, and the Knicks are in the top four in three-point shooting. But I'd like to see R.J. Barrett do it in the playoffs. I'd like to see Reggie be a little more consistent and do it in the playoffs. Uh, I don't know. I just think this is going to be tough. I have always thought their regular season was a little inflated because of how Tom Thibodeau coaches and, and treats every single game as, again, a playoff game. Literally an exact quote from Randall on a couple of his podcasts when he talked about Thibodeau. He goes, the attention to detail for every single game, he's never had a coach like that. How much do you think, uh, you know, on that note, because I, I know that, you know, a lot of people have said that the um, the wear and tear of the, the regular season, you know, as it pertains to the Knicks specifically, was was greater because you have some of these guys playing so many minutes. I mean, even... You know, you noted that that uh, Randall and RJ are so high up in the league in minutes per game, but even Reggie Bullock was playing, you know, <laughs> routinely 40 to 45 minutes there towards the end of the season, uh, just as, you know, with Burks out and with Quickly out, especially in those few games, he was he was having a ton of workload there. Um, how do you how do you think that this five days of rest is helping them uh, or sorry, six days of rest, actually, by the time all is said and done, because they drew the Sunday slot? So how do you think that's that's helping them prepare or do you think maybe that's a a disadvantage to a degree for a team that you know was so hot going into the last bit of the season there uh could this maybe unfortunately have a a cooling effect with them where it, it cools them off and maybe you know makes them a little rusty coming into this game Yeah I I think that Randall really needed the week off uh RJ probably also I think he was icing his knee uh, on the bench uh, over the weekend. Uh, but, yeah, the flip side is they come in and have too many days to think about this moment. Julius Randle, this is his seventh season. This will be his first playoff game. The other factor, listen, and I mentioned it in the story uh, in today's paper, the Garden is going from 1,900 fans to 13,000 fans. That's a huge leap. I mean, we could write about how it's been uh, pretty loud, but it's been pretty loud for 1,900 fans. Uh, It it struck me because I made the West Coast trip, or most of it, and I was in Phoenix, and that was the largest crowd to date uh, at an NBA game that season was 8,000. And that place was rocking loud way more than I've heard all season long anywhere. I've made some a couple other road trips. 
and the Knicks folded in the fourth quarter. It's going to be a different energy level at the Garden. And, you know, it made the point that R.J. Barrett, you know, before the season said, oh, you know, it's not going to be so bad without fans. In fact, players get really jacked up to play at a packed Garden, uh, so we'll be fine. So now there's going to be 13,000. They're going to be, like, super loud, and it's going to be a different even – trust me, the noise level is going to be tangibly different on Sunday for a playoff game of 13,000 as opposed to 1,900. So let's see how the Knicks react to that. I mean, you think, oh, great, home court advantage, but the other team, you know, they get psyched too. So, uh, yeah, I'm just – the week off, I think, is almost an equalizer because Thibodeau, like, works 24 hours a day, so he has one day to prepare for a team, and he does it better than the other coaches. Now Nate McMillan has a whole week to prepare for the New York Knicks, uh, just like Thibodeau, so – you know, he's got enough time to, to try to defend the three-point line and make sure, uh, you know, Randall doesn't hurt them as much as he has uh, earlier in the season. Just a reminder, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. I say that with confidence. I've heard from a number of you on social media in our locker room chats that you've actually tried built bars and you go, wow, you know, you weren't kidding. These are actually good. Yeah, I, I know. I'm not, I'm not BSing you. These are, these are really good protein bars. I love built bars. I think they're easily the best one I've ever had as far as a protein bar. That's because they have nine delicious flavors available at all times, plus occasional limited time flavors. Out of those nine regular flavors, some of my favorites, coconut almond, raspberry, peanut butter brownie, Salted caramel. There's just really something for everyone. Uh, not Don't just take my word on what the best flavors are. You can try them for yourself with a mixed box. You get two of each of the nine flavors. Really great way to test out Built Bars. See which ones you like best. I think you'll probably agree with me once you eat them that they all taste like a candy bar. But the thing is, they don't have that candy bar guilt associated with them. That's because most Built Bars have 17 whopping grams of protein Just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. You're not going to find a better ratio of protein to low sugar, low carbs, low calories anywhere else on any other protein bar on the market, and especially not one that tastes just like a candy bar. So if you want to try some Built Bars for yourself, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Dot com. And today's episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online along with your NBA playoff action, obviously. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all UFC and MMA action before the next pitch or tip or opening bell, or puck drop, whatever, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs, or in the case of the Knicks, get ready for their run in the playoffs. They are in. So if you want to check it out for yourself, head to betonline.ag on your mobile device, your computer, tablet, whatever, and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that's betonline.ag. 
Use promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Um, Mark, this is going a slightly different direction, but there was a report earlier this week from Adrian Wojnarowski, or, or maybe just a statement, that the Knicks were quote-unquote on disgruntled star alert. And I guess to any of us that follow the team, that doesn't really feel like breaking news or, or anything exceptional. something I've written since Christmas of uh, 2019 or 20. Yeah, there you go. I mean, and you could have been yeah. writing the same article in like Christmas of 2002. I mean, it, it's something that's right. been, been true of the Knicks for a very, very long time. That being said, I wanted to get your feel for how the Knicks are going to approach this offseason because it feels like for the first time in the in the James Dolan era, they're building something that feels very sustainable with a lot of extremely talented young players that fit together in, in shockingly and, and unexpectedly good ways that none of us could have really anticipated coming into the season. Where do you think they're at? on the conversation of, all right, do you really try and solidify around this core? Maybe add the best person you can in free agency who compliments these guys and kind of hold your gunpowder for another offseason? Or, or do you take advantage of the fact that this is the best place the Knicks have been in a long time and go all in? And, and I guess I guess what I'm really getting at, what do you think in terms of who's off the table for the Knicks trading this offseason, whether that includes someone like Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, or do you think it's genuinely a situation that for the right guy, as, as great as this season was and as much as everyone in retrospect will, will appreciate it and love it and look back on it fondly, any of these guys are on the table in, in pursuit of a star? No, Randle's not on the table. They want to build around Randle and Barrett, who they think is going to be an all-star in a couple of years, but everyone else I would imagine is on the table for, you know, the right guy. So December of uh, 2019 on Christmas day, I wrote that first story about the Knicks on disgruntled star alert and put out a Carl Anthony towns monitoring his situation back then. So it's been a, a, a storyline that's been going on for a long time because the cap space can be used on a free agent, but just as easily to, facilitate a trade for a star because you don't have to, if you have $25 million in cap space, you can put that contract, most of that contract in there without having, you know, to give up $35 million in salaries. So that's what the Knicks have been focused on. And the last person I wrote about that they are very focused on, pending how Portland does uh, in the postseason, is Damian Lillard. They have an assistant coach, Johnny Bryant, who's good friends with Lillard, uh, both from the Oakland area. Uh, I know they would love to try to see if Lillard, you know, is made available because Lillard has that story by Chris Haynes was very telling about that. It sounds like he's starting to get frustrated that management has not built the championship team around him. So that's the last one. I mean, we've thrown out other players like Embiid as a former Leon Rose client, but things are working out very well in Philadelphia. Same with Devin Booker, another CAA client. So, you know, right now, there aren't any, you know, disgruntled players, you know, other than Lillard, potentially. But yeah, Bradley Beal, we've written about on that level, but... Beal has made the playoffs, and he has sworn that he wants to stay in Washington. Uh, so, yeah, but the Knicks are desperate to get another star to add to Barrett and Randall. Uh, 
and free agency. They're going to need a starting point guard also. If they can make a trade for Lillard, Schroeder is definitely a, a, going to be a focus of, with the Lakers. He's a good defender, very good defender, and you know can run an offense. So they their starting point guard situation and now that. Alfred has fallen off the map, is even more severe than ever. Lonzo Ball as well, obviously. He's younger, not as proven, but there's a lot of upside there. And also a former Leon Rose client. So, yeah, I mean, the, the cap space is great for not only signing a free agent, but also to trade for uh, one of those disgruntled stars. So, Mark, to, uh, before we send you off, just a couple other Quick little questions, uh, kind of more more fun ones, honestly. Uh, you touched on it at the beginning, but how rewarding and honestly fun has it been for you covering this actually good Knicks team? I think obviously we feel it here, you know, doing this podcast. I think it's been pretty obvious through the community and even through how, you know, through the writing about the team from you and from others that cover the team that, that this season has just been kind of a blast. We even see it with like, you know, I think you could tell that like Clyde Frazier has more fun on the the broadcast when the Knicks are good. Um, Mike Breen, you know, all those guys on the on the broadcast team enjoy it as well. But how's how's this been for you? And like, does it feel good that this actually seems like something that could be sustainable going forward with with Tibbs there at the helm, with Leon Rose running the team? Um, it, does it feel good for once to sort of have a a, a potentially sustained period of good Knicks play coming up here, it, it seems like. And without jinxing it, obviously, it seems like they're kind of on the right path now. Yeah, it does seem that way. Listen, it's been so enjoyable. Uh, you know, we're not, haven't been on the road a lot. Again, I took, I went to the West Coast for four of the six games. I did New Orleans, Dallas. I traveled to Philly and Washington. So that's been different. Covering so many road games. Uh, from my living room and listening for the first time, you know, the crazy thing for the lab, this is my 21st season, just finished my 21st regular season. This is the first time I've, I've gotten to really hear Breen and Frazier in a long, long time. And yes, they do feel uh, uh, more giddy on the air without a doubt, but I, I can't really compare it to something. But, you know, one thing with Walt and, and Mike and they'll bring it up once in a while for those road games. They're also not there. They're watching it from a from a monitor. Uh, but it's been so enjoyable because it, it was so heartbreaking coming to work after the All Star break. I would go to the All Star weekend and you know work my butt off. You know, usually no Knicks were there, so we were just asking players who are free agents. You know, trying to ask them about their future and maybe like with a Knicks tint. And then coming out of the All-Star break, we're writing about the future and the lottery and who they could get to turn this around. And and the games were meaningless. And it was depressing, especially going on the road and going to a game in, in late March that had no meaning whatsoever. And, you know, every single game was meaningful this season. And we're probably going to be writing about meaningful games into June and that's been such a thrill because you know, as a sports writer, you really, it's about covering the games. That's the most fun. Not so much writing about, you know, how uh, are the ping pong ball is going to fall the next way this time and who's going to sit on the dais. So it's been a thrill. And sustainability, my only concern, and I wrote it today, and it was an honest piece, you know, the media, 
has been shut out completely from the locker room uh, with the pandemic rules. It's been all about Zoom. So, you know, it's been a, it's been they haven't faced distractions this season, as I wrote. Um, there's no player appearances. It's all basketball. You know, they don't go out on the road. They don't go out in Manhattan. Uh, it's just been a different, weird pandemic bubble. And I hope that next season when it's back to normal, and it looks like it will be back to 100% normal, I just hope that, you know, they're able to keep that vibe going when there's 20 reporters in the locker room. Because they became such a close-knit group because they're in the hotel together and can't leave. They're in the locker room together. There's no reporters before the game. There's no reporters after the game. Uh, and they became such a tight unit. And it's great to see, but, you know, things are going to change next season. Mark, we also we also wanted to get a feel uh, just from a from a national perspective. Who who do you think ultimately wins the NBA title this year? Just getting to watch all these teams this season. Uh, not the Lakers. Um, I just don't. I think one of the factors I thought that helped the Lakers in the bubble in Orlando was they're five minutes from the arena every game. Uh, they had a lot of old bones that weren't traveling, and it, it, the, the grind of the travel was not there for them, and they were able to, uh, you know, master the bubble. But I think uh, in this scenario, I'm going to think that Denver might be ready to come out of the West. Uh, and if the Nets are healthy, they're going to come out of the East. And I would pick, if the Nets are healthy, the Nets to win the championship. And the irony is that the Nets have this amazing team, this unprecedented group of Hall of Famers, and New York City is still talking about the Knicks. I mean, it's, well, I mean, listen, they are the fourth seed. It's not like they snuck in as a play-in 10th place team. But I, I guess they're not, we were on a conference call with Kendrick Perkins and Jalen Rose, and I think Jalen was the one that said, well, they've earned their villain status. I mean, these are not the most likable guys. Harden forced his way out of Houston in a very tough manner. Uh, Kyrie takes personal days galore and blows off a lot of media sessions. Kevin Durant has been a little obnoxious on his social media. They're not the most likable group. And I do think, though, they might win the NBA championship. All right. Well, that's a heck of a note to, to end on the Knicks still being the, the top conversation piece in the city. Uh, Mark, before we send you off, do you have, I mean, I know obviously you're, you're pumping out stories like crazy, sometimes, uh, you know, two, three a day. Uh, do you have anything in particular that you want to promote before we uh, send you off here? Uh, well, today we'll finally have availability with the Knicks, so uh, we'll be able to uh, to talk to them and, and find out where their mind is. But, um, yeah, there's some features, but, yeah, just keep keep looking on the website uh, and the uh, by the newspaper because Julius Randall was on the back page today. Mike Vaccaro wrote a column uh, with a, uh, the wood. It says Crown Jewel, J-U-L. Uh, you know, he wrote that it, it ranks among the best season in Knicks history for Julius, but I think statistically it is the best season. Uh, the the stat that they gave us that 23 points, 6 assists, 10 rebounds has never been done by a Knickerbocker. And then you add the fact that 
you know, he turned around a culture of losing uh, as the leader. I mean, Thibodeau's the coach, but he's the the leader of the team uh, in the locker room. And he, he he seven years of misery, seven seasons of misery, and now to the fourth seed. So you can make the case that this is, you know, we'll see what happens in the playoffs, but this was the best regular season uh, Nick has ever had. All right. Thanks so much, Mark, for coming on. Definitely, everybody listening, go buy a newspaper. Why not? I mean, <laughs> if, not, if nothing else, they're an awesome keepsake. I always love, love having physical newspapers, and I'll save some, you know, of big moments and stuff. So Yeah, but, you but, could also read them. You could also read it, too. Yeah. I, I got to be honest, Mark, I didn't even know that. that that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you can read a newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> I still love reading them, too. A yeah. lot of, uh, you know, we're still selling a lot of papers, but obviously the website has become enormous. And uh, But it's good, especially that the Knicks are on the back page a lot now, as keepsakes, as you uh, mentioned. Yeah. So thanks so much for coming on, Mark. Really appreciate it, as always. Uh, thanks so much for all the great insight and everything, and, and good luck with everything with the playoffs here and not having to think about the draft for at least another month or so. Exactly right. Two first-round picks, but they may train them. All right, Gavin, Alex, I really enjoyed it. Uh, thanks again for uh, inviting me on. Of course. Thanks so much for coming, Mark. Take care.